Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We meet every Sunday exploring the practical, transforming, and relevant teaching of the Bible by doing life together. Visit our website at crosspointonline.org to learn more. Now, get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Okay, so that's not just good music. That's good news. Uh, And it's good news in the midst of uh, um, some rough times, some troubling times, uh, problematic times. And uh, and it's not just true out there in the world, but it it comes very close to us. Um, Many of you who uh, over the had heard rumors, but uh, especially here a couple of weeks ago, whenever the final you know, report came out as far as Ravi Zacharias, uh, absolutely devastated uh, uh, by the scandal. And, and then what was unveiled in that 12-page report as far as his uh, sexual misconduct and abuse. And, and um, wow, that, uh, uh, yeah, it conjures up all kinds of emotions for us, you know, one of, of, of embarrassment, one of uh, disbelief, one maybe of like, well, if you can't, if, you, if he's not, you know, if that's what's going on in his life, who can you trust? Um, but it really addresses what we're going to be looking at today as we come to the end of this study of James, the book of James. Today is the last day. How about that? And we've been looking at this series called Real Faith for Rough Times. And, and, and really, as we think about this incident with Ravi Zacharias, it, it reminds us that we are all mortal and, and that there are none of us apart from Jesus Christ uh, c- that can exclude ourselves from anything like that apart from the grace of God and, and, and how, our, 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 how we respond to what God's doing in our life. So I'm going to ask you to grab your Bible, if you would, and turn with me. And we're going to be looking at uh, James chapter 5, the very last two verses. And uh, it's here that uh, uh, we see that James uh, closes this out uh, with really an exclamation point. Uh, we, after all that James has talked about, he's talked about just the struggles of life. He's talked about our tendency to be blamers and complainers. He talks about this whole, this whole uh, um, direction of our lives to be pulled into this arrogant, self-centered, self-reliant, self-directed lifestyle. And then we try to baptize our, our, our relationship with God in that. But he is showing us what real faith is. And, and what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so he closes out uh, with this exclamation point that reminds me and you of what the very first uh, four words of the book that we studied as men yesterday, Purpose Driven Life. It, and as these words, it's not about you. So as we live in this, in this culture that, that really caters to being all about you, uh, God says, if, if you want to lose your life, then continue to think that, continue to believe that. But it's not about you. 
and it's not about me. But whenever we surrender our lives to Jesus and acknowledge that we are sinners and that we need a Savior, and that not only does He save us from uh, hell, He saves us from ourselves. That's when we begin to experience true freedom in life. Now, as we come to these verses, we're going to see that, uh, you know, James is, is closing out uh, and, and he's addressing a lot of these folks. Many of those folks, as we've said, his listeners, these Jewish Christian listeners uh, back in the first century, he is uh, addressing these people that had placed their faith in the Lord, but, but life was rough. See, they were not rich as we are rich. Remember, for week after week, for the last several weeks, we have made this declaration and proclamation. We have confessed, I am rich. I am, we're all rich as we sit here today. And so they had experienced a day-to-day lifestyle. They had experienced a lot of oppression and repression, a lot of hardships, and they were sick and tired of being sick and tired. But instead of allowing these troubles to make them better, they became bitter. And the whole book of James is really to say, as a true follower of Jesus Christ, God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes a problem. And that if we really submit these to him, then we will become better, not bitter. So where are you today? Are you leaning more, is more in the bitter, bitter direction or are you leaning more in the better and rejoicing in the midst of tro- uh, joy uh, of trials and, and difficulties and temptations? Because James said, consider it pure joy. Whenever you face trials and problems and difficulties of many kinds. Why? Because God is at work. Now, you know, but for the grace of God, we will have the same, we will have the same testimony uh, that came out after his death as Ravi Zacharias. And so it's in these, in these verses that he reminds us of this reality. So look with me, James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. He closes by saying this, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we sit uh, open to you. Uh, we we, uh, we Turn over our minds and our hearts to you right now. May we encounter you. May your truth bring freedom to us. And may we experience the joy uh, that you had James start out holding up. Even in the midst of troubles, even in the midst of trials, may your joy be our strength. Lord, we pray that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so there's several things that as we come to this, these last two verses that James is is just reminding me and you you of. And, And the first one, you probably don't need this reminder, but it is this. Sometimes Christians backslide. Sometimes, and that's the that's the old that's the old timey word backslide. You know, you slide back into what? You slide back into 
a, a way of thinking. You slide back into a way of, of living that was before you were surrendered to Jesus Christ. You slide back into a worldly lifestyle. You slide back into uh, living your life based on worldly wisdom instead of godly wisdom. You, you slide back into that arrogant, self-sufficient, self-gratifying uh, mentality. You slide back. So, as Christians, sometimes uh, we backslide. So, and, and what he's talking about here are follow, true followers of Christ that have real faith, uh, but they're just disobedient followers of Christ that stray from the truth, uh, the truth of God's Word. And when he says the truth of God's Word, what he's talking about is, you know, the truth of what we are to believe and what we are to do. So we, we stray from that, from what we truly are to believe. And we start thinking more like the world and we start thinking more of ourselves. And, and instead of allowing God to renew our mind, renew our mind and show us his revelation of who he is and who others are. And, and, we, and, and we know that we are backsliding uh, whenever we see some of these things that James has addressed come out. We know whenever we start, whenever we start complaining or, or whenever we start having favoritism, as he talks about, and we, and we elevate some people and, and we devalue other people, or whenever we ignore those that are in need or ignore the poor, or when we just yak-yak a lot, we just loose lips and run, and we, and, and we say things that are not pleasing to God, and God says we'll give account to, for every word. Uh, we know that we're backsliding whenever there's selfish pride or envy or self-promotion, or when we're using people and uh, loving money rather than loving people and using money. All these things that he's been addressing here, the are great, great indicators that, well, we, we, we're not living by the Spirit. We're living in the flesh. We're living in the here and now. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus gives for us the parable of the lost sheep. And so what was he lost? What did, what did that sheep stray from? He had strayed from his master. He had strayed from the protection of the shepherd. He had strayed from the provision of the shepherd. He had strayed from the presence of the shepherd. And he had also strayed from the good companionship of the other sheep. And so he, he, he was out there. He was lost. And he gives us that example of how the shepherd went after him. He, he went after him. Why? Because God loves you. And it doesn't matter what condition that we find ourselves in. He loves you. It's not based on your performance. It's not based on what you've done. He loves you. And so this particular passage, he said, my brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth. So he's saying it, this is, this happened. This, it, it was going on there. And someone should bring him back. Remember this. Sometimes, as followers of Jesus Christ, we, we stray and we backslide. I have been there. Uh, you have been there. And yet God is, is inviting us back to experience the reality of what we we're created for. So he wants me and you to kind of search the condition of our heart right now, but he also wants me and you to be open 
to others that have God's best interest and your best interest in mind to come and lovingly call us back home. Time after time after time in James, we see the fallacy of the world think that out there just said, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to attend some churches and I'm going to, you know, visit some, without being a member of a local body. You can't do this. The reason there's so many people that are strained so far, you know why? It's because they don't have a loving group of people around them, a loving community. What are the two things it takes to truly change for the long haul? It takes the power of God and it takes true community. But we avoid that. Why? Because we live in an arrogant, self-sufficient, self-led culture and we drink, we drink the Kool-Aid. Sometimes we, we backslide. But he goes on to say this, that real faith Someone that has a true, real possession of real faith, not a profession of faith. Somebody that has real faith, that a saving faith in Jesus Christ, not a cultural Christianity, not all the bells and whistles of religion, but somebody that has real faith will take the initiative to turn them back. So this is where we take a deep breath and we go, ah, I don't really... I don't, I don't want to do that, and I don't like to do that. And, and, and we began to look at all the reasons uh, why we don't have to do it or shouldn't do it. And, and we began to uh, think about all the possible bad outcomes that could come out, and we talk ourselves out of it. That's called a self-led, arrogant, self-led, self-protecting lifestyle, not one that has abandoned yourself to Christ and said, Jesus, you're my Lord and you're my Savior, you're my leader. Real faith, real faith takes the initiative when someone strays, when someone slips, you know, just slips away to go after them. Now, why is he saying this? Because what is our tendency when somebody does bad stuff and they stray and they start, you know, you know, go, go to church on Sunday and living like the devil on Monday? You know, what, 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 do we, what, do, what is our tendency? Uh, well, our tendency is not to go after them, is to let them go. Or, even worse, our tendency is to gossip about them or to talk about them, or to criticize and judge them. Can you believe what Sarah did? I lived with her so I can believe it. I don't know. Y'all probably be surprised by it. No, I'm kidding. It's true. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, so, you know, and that's, that's the way we do it. Uh, and we talk about it. But he said, no, no, don't do that. Go after them. And lovingly restore them. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Write that down in your notes. Uh, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual. And you go, well, that's not me then. No, you who are spiritual. That is you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit. You who are not self-led, but you who are, who are depending on God for the, the beliefs of your life and for the actions of your life and the behaviors of life. You who are spiritual that have a real faith. It says, you who are spiritual are to restore such a person uh, in a spirit of gentleness. Not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness. 
keep keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. So we have time and time again where God says that as followers of Jesus Christ who have gone through the rough times, who continue to experience the tough times, but have turned to God and allowed Him to, to forge some real faith in us, growing faith, deep faith, then we're going to be others' mind. It's not about me. It's not about my comfort. It's about God and His purpose and His plan. And so he says, we go after them. Now, a lot of times, here's our excuse. We go, well, isn't that, I'm a, who am I to judge them, right? Who am I to judge them? Ain't that judging them? When I, that is not judging them. Judgment is condemnation. Judgment is, is, is uh, passing a sentence on them that, that comes from you. No, this, this is actually love. This isn't judgment. Judgment is rejecting them. Um, and so God has said, saying this, one of the reasons he calls us to be a part of the body of Christ is because God in, in his design planned it that we are always better together. We're better together. And sometimes it comes from loving words that are not always easy to hear. I, I can't explain it all, but it's just that aspect of being obedient. Are you willing to be obedient? See, there's some people coming to mind right now that you're going, oh, no, no, I don't want to have to do this because they're going to they're gonna crawl all over me. Um, but, you know, we're asking the wrong question there. It's not how is it going to, affect me or our relationship that's not the question we should be asking is what's going to happen to the plan the purpose and the goodness and the grace of god and see god's work done god's way never lacks god's resources and supplies um so you know and 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 some of you going okay well i'm just going i'm going to uh, uh just allow those that are really spiritual to do this you know, and some of you are going, well, Mike, that's your job. We pay you for that. No, you pay me to tell you to do it. <laughs> that's fun. I like that. But I've got to do it too. And, I, and, and our elders will tell you, we, we've got a, a track record a little bit longer than what we, we, we would care to admit of, of, of going, going down that road, going down that path and that process, not because uh, we thought it was going to be beneficial, not because we thought it was going to have a great outcome, but because it is what God says do. Lovingly restore them. All right, so we've, we've James said a couple things. Sometimes we backslide. Can I get an amen? Uh, real faith takes the initiative to restore them. And here's number three, number three. It leads up to this. All that's to say God wants you to help prevent the death of other brothers and sisters in Christ. God wants to use you 
to cover a multitude of sins. That's his plan. 1 John 5, 16, 17, write it down. It says, if you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does, does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. Wait a minute. A sin that doesn't lead to death, pray and God will give them life. Uh, he said, I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. So in this particular passage on verse 20, he says, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. What's he talking about? A lot of Christianity, a lot of being a follower of Jesus Christ is all about prevention. My mama used to say an ounce of prevention is what? worth a pound of cure. And that's exactly what a lot of being a follower of God and all God's instructions for us here is helping to prevent. Uh, Linda Compton's son-in-law is one of my chief preventers, physical preventers. Uh, Dr. Lay, uh, 25 years probably, uh, who uh, is every year, twice a year, I'm in there and he's checking, you know, he's doing all the stuff, the physical to check and all that kind of stuff. And he is coaching me on preventing uh, some, some bad stuff from happening to me in my life, physically. We, 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 know, we know that, you know, that we, there's a lot of practical ways we know that. But God is saying, when it comes to this, that he wants me and you to be a part of that prevention process in other people's lives. Uh, he, one of the things he's talking about here is a premature physical death. There is a sin. There are sins that lead to physical death. Ecclesiastes 9.18, write that down, says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but, but one sinner destroys much good. So there, there is, there, I do believe that there are those situations where there is a genuine, true follower of Christ who gets so radical and just strays so far out there and does such damage to the witness of God and to their own witness that God just says, come on home. If you're, when you were growing up, were you ever out there and just, you know, playing with a bunch of kids and stuff like that, and you, you were kind of acting up or being ugly or something like that, and your mom or daddy called out the door and said, come, get in the house. That ever happened? Get in the house. And that's kind of what God does. He goes, come on. Now, that, it's a premature death, and it could be, you know, it, you can give it a physical, and it could be a heart attack, it could be a car wreck, whatever, but God says, come on home. And you could save them from that, but not only, not only from a premature uh, death there, but it says, well, save him from death. It could be save them from a living death. The most miserable people I know are carnal backslid Christians. What is that? What's going on? 
there's a lot of secret shame and private pain. There's a lot of regret. Uh, and why? Because there's been that willful disobedience to God. And you know it. And, and, and he's saying, if you will go, if you'll just be obedient, if you'll just trust God in his word, not, 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 not calculate what the odds are, if this is going to work or not, but if you'll just do this, you're going to save some people from just being miserable, a living death, struggle after struggle after struggle, habit after habit after habit. Just go to them in love. In love. Um, see, this is, how, this is how God restores people. This is how God builds the church, the true church. Not when we come to get entertained, not when we come to, you know, have our ears tickled. No, but whenever we believe, the, believe God and follow God. We are doers of the word, not hearers only. This is how God redeems communities and nations. When, when people, even in rough times, live with real faith, go after those who have wandered away, drifted away from an intimate encounter with a living Lord that gets goosebumps on the back of their neck and on their arms whenever they hear the words of a psalm like reckless love. You know? Some of you some of you right now, as, as you're listening, well, you, you know, you've wanted, you've slid. Your heart's cold. You don't feel the love for, for the Lord. Matter of fact, it feels like an obligation. You're struggling. Uh, you're, 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 try, you're trying to medicate with the things of this world to, to kind of keep, keep some kind of excitement going on and, and it's just not coming from the Lord. Listen, Satan's strategy is what we looked at at the very outset of James. James started talking about, he said, each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Whenever we, when, when we relent to selfishness, self-directed thinking, when he's enticed by his own desire, then desire, then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See, he started off with this. Um, I love what Jim Dennison has to say. He says, sin will always take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. Always. Now, so I, I, I got some good news. I got some real good news. For some of us, it may have been a long journey away from Christ, but it's a small journey back. It's a quick journey back. 
Because see, his love is reckless. His love is pursuing. And he has followed you through all the yuck, through the, through the confusion, through the disobedience. He has followed you through the rebellion. And now he's saying, come home to me. Not come home to heaven. I want you to turn around and embrace me. Then you will know the joy. Then you will know the peace. Then you will know the hope because it's found in me. I'm it. And he's calling some of you back to himself today. Short turning back. It's a prayer. Lord, I've wondered. I, I, I've done what that old song talked about years ago, Come Thy Fountain prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Yes, me. I've left. But today, I feel your tug and I feel your truth. You're talking to me, God. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm stopping all the... I'm just, I'm just taking you at your word. I'm turning around. I'm coming to you. And some of you during, during this time, you've been thinking of somebody that's a brother or sister that's just slipped out. They've wandered from the truth. And God's saying, I want you to go. I want you to go after them. I want you to lovingly, lovingly speak truth and, and trust God to bring the restoration. That's the way James ended up. Real faith, rough times. Old to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Make that your prayer today. Jesus, we come before you and we thank you uh, just for your word, your living word. Lord, we just ask that in this moment that, Lord, that we would be specifically doers of your word. Whatever you've revealed to us today, we respond. Some of you, your prayer again is to say, Jesus, uh, I've wondered, Lord, Lord, and I, and, and I don't want to come back. I'm just reluctant to come back because I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to fail again. No, I'm just going to come back and trust you. I'm going to come back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for restoring fellowship with me. Some of you, well, you've, you've, you can't get there because you've never come to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and he's calling you to do that today. To acknowledge your need for him. To acknowledge that you need a Savior and that you're a sinner. To turn from self, from the world, turn to Jesus and ask him into your heart. I want to encourage you to to let us know if you're here in person, if you're on Zoom, if you're on Facebook. Listen, we are better together. God never intended for us to do this alone. And the way that we can start that is through just communicating the truth of what God's doing in your life and having someone come alongside. And that's what we want to do. Father God, thank you for just being so faithful. Thank you for your word that's living and active.
thank you for this study uh, through the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that you brought to us through James. And may you be glorified in our response of getting to know you better and love you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CCC Roswell. Learn more and find ways to get plugged in at Crosspoint by visiting our website, crosspointonline.org. There, you could drop us a line or submit a prayer request. Like what you hear? Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.